This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast is brought to you by Echo One Photography. Are you in the greater Toronto area and looking for some headshots or really any photography needs fulfilled? Well, look no further. Echo One Photography does it all from headshots for actors and comedians to corporate headshots, even social and dating website profile pictures. That's right. Don't take a selfie. Get it done by a professional. Increase those odds. They'll do it all. Product photography for your business, for e-commerce and advertising purposes. Once again, Echo One Photography does it all. Email Eugene at EchoOnePhotography.com today. That's Eugene, E-U-G-E-N-E, at EchoOneNumberOnePhotography.com. Enter J-D-C-H in the subject line. Message to my mom. Message to my mom. This is a message for my mother, who is now on Facebook and online, so may very well have stumbled upon this podcast. So mom, if you're listening, let me first say that I love you very much. You're a great mom, always have been and continue to be to this day. And secondly, let me ask you to please not listen to this podcast. You know, this is a comedy podcast. It's uncensored. I interview comedians and other creative, fascinating, interesting people, so I don't have any control over what's said. We might discuss some not-so-tasteful topics and have some salty language peppered in there, so you might not like what you hear. So please, I beg you, if you're listening, please turn it off. You know, they say to truly become a great artist, you can't care what other people think of you. And that really begins with your parents. You cannot care what your parents think about your output to truly reach your full potential. So I ask you, Mom, please let me be great by not having to think in the back of my mind that you're listening to this. And if you do choose to listen, just know that I love you very much. Message to my mom. Yes! What is up? Welcome to episode number three of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast coming at you from Lemon Press Studios in the Distillery District, downtown Toronto. Hi! Hi, 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 we're back. This train's moving. Thanks for listening again. Cannot thank you enough. I do this for you, after all. You, yeah, you, right now. That's listening to this. Maybe you're gardening. Maybe you're uh, cleaning the house. Maybe you're driving a rig. 
Who knows? I don't know what you're doing. Let me know. But by, by the yeah, let's say this. Let's do that. I want to hear from you. Because I was looking at the statistics of downloads and where, and there's some listeners in the states in Ohio and people in the UK, a couple listeners in Germany, a lot of people in Canada, Toronto, Ontario, the West Coast, the East Coast, of course, where I'm from. Thanks for listening wherever you are. So I do want to hear from you. So email me. Email the show at pod at jdcomedyhour.com. That's P-O-D at jdcomedyhour.com. Tell me uh, tell me about you. I want to hear about you. Also, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. This is how we jack up the ratings, how, I, how we get the show to uh, make the top comedy podcast. I need you to subscribe and comment on the show. You need to comment. You don't need to, but I ask you, please, comment on it if you like it. If you don't like it, keep your comments to yourself. It's selfish. All right? Nobody needs that. Comment, rate, share, spread the love. But most of all, email me, pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Tell me where you are and a little bit about you, and I'll share it on the podcast. Sure, why not? Let's do it. Let's roll with it. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for everyone uh, that showed up at Say What this week on Wednesday, September 24th for the Julian Dion Comedy Hour, the live show. We had Garage Baby there in full form. We had a great night of stand-up comedy. A lot of fun. We had a really, really good show. We had Dave Martin, Alex Wood, Rob Mayu, and Brian Hatt on the show. It was a good, silly old time. Garage Baby killing it at the end of the show with a few songs. They're so good. I'm so thrilled to to have them in my world. Oh, right there, as the song ended. That was poetic. Anyway, so thanks. Just a bunch of thanks all around. How you doing? What's going on? Email me and tell me. So I just... uh, I'm I've just I'm just shaking this this uh, audition feeling. I'm not going to talk about it too long cuz the last show I talked about auditioning and I just got back from another one and it's just it's pure torture. This I know it's it's uh, all my choice. My quote unquote destiny I guess if you want to be cheesy about it to to be in show business like I, I love it but at the same time it's pure torture. Always nervous. Whether it's doing stand-up gigs or waiting to go into an auditioning room where uh, I have to be silly in front of strangers that will judge. It's always judging. Just in the limelight, just being judged, and it's just constant torture, just ulcer. I must have like 18 ulcers in my stuff because I'm just nervous all the time. I got to balance that shit out with some meditation or yoga or something. I got to figure something out because it's a lot of stress. And it never sort of goes away. Eight years, which not that long in this business, but eight years and still, just most of the time, I'm in a situation where I'm nervous and scared shitless. I miss the days where I could, like, all I want to do is go home and smoke a joint and do nothing. But that leaves me to, leads me nowhere, as I've seen in the past, which is why I don't do that stuff anymore, but... I still I still love it and by if you are uh, by the way I I actually recommend you smoke up if you're going to listen to this do it up 
I'm a fan of it. I just can't do it myself, but do it. Dive in. Tune up and tune in, as Mike Bennett said. My, my guest on episode two, I talked to him at Say What Wednesday night, and he said, uh, I'm going to go home and tune up and tune in, in his great baritone voice. I was like, I'm going to use that. That's going to be in the podcast. So tune up and tune in. Hit that shit. Smoke up or don't. Do whatever. You, if you're driving, don't do it. But I just miss the days where I, that's all. I was never. I mean, I was nervous when I did shows and stuff. The only real times I was nervous is when I would run out. And my only major concern in my life, my major goal, was to just get more. And I've been in some pretty funny situations trying to get some the weed. You have to add the in front after you quit, like you're 87 years old. The weed. Some some pretty interesting scenarios when you're... Like I lived in New York City, like I mentioned before, and uh, it's sort of... Ta- it's really taboo there. And I remember I'd been living there for a few... Um, about a few weeks, about a month and a half, and I figured, how can I get my hands on the weed? So my roommate and I were started looking and made this contact. Oh, this is how it happened. I made a joke about it on stage at one show. And so someone came up to me after and said, oh, this woman, she's like, do you have a contact yet in the city? I said, no, I'm from Canada. I just moved here. And so I don't have a contact. So she's like, I'll hook you up. Here's my friend, Khalil. And message him and he'll, uh, all you have to do is text and he'll deliver. I'm like, geez, this is perfect. And so nervously, I messaged this guy, Khalil, one night. And I didn't want to give my home address. I didn't want him to come over my place. So I went to a dive bar just down the street. No partners was the name of the place. And I went there and uh, so I text him where I am. He's like, all right, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I'm nervous. I'm in New York in Astoria, Queens. I don't know what to expect. I'm waiting for weed from a stranger. And there's a class A narcotic. If you get caught with it, that's it. You're fucked. So I'm waiting and I get a text back from Khalil, I'll be there in two minutes. I'm like, okay, I'll meet you outside. And he's like, I'll be the guy with the black Yankees hat, the black North Face downfill jacket, and the black duffel bag. He could have just said black. Looking for a black guy. And I said, I'll be the guy with the long blonde hair and mustache. A little bit scared. And so... I walk out of No Partners and I turn left and he's sort of hanging out by the on the leaning against the building and so I see this guy and he's like, "All right, all right." And he does the handoff where he's uh, you know got in, he's got the product in one hand and I have the money in the other and we're supposed to we're walking side by side and we're just supposed to just shake hands and do the exchange. But I couldn't have come across. I couldn't have been more white in that moment. We're walking side by each and we shake hands and I'm trying to do the the exchange and it's not it's not happening. I'm like fumbling around so I'm walking down the streets of New York City and Queens hand in hand with this drug dealer. Big guy. For about 10 seconds finally the exchange happens and he goes uh thought that was embarrassing enough. He goes, "Shit man, you've got long ass nails, motherfucker." You scratched the shit of my hand. You scratched the shit out of the inside of my hands. Was his words. I'm petrified. Opposite of cool. And uh, 
he's like, man, are you a, mu- a musician or something? So I panicked. I said, yes, I'm a musician. That's why I have freakishly long fingernails. That's the thing with my fingernails. They're, ne- they're always, they grow at an alarming rate. And I always know, like notice in an embarrassing, mo- like I won't notice when I'm, you know, coming out of the shower in the morning in my bathroom. I'll notice I'm, I'll be like in an important meeting or something and my hands on the table and I'll just look down at these long feminine like nails sticking out. This other, okay, I'll tell you this other story, actually. This other time of, of buying some, the weed, the marijuana. I, I was in Vancouver, and I'd message, what you do as a comedian is when you travel, and if you smoke it, you go to, uh, you just basically, you try to find, you message comedians that you know smoke it when you're in their city, and say, can you hook me up with a little something, something. So, I'm in Vancouver and I messaged this comedian that I knew partook. And so I uh, call him or I Facebook him. I need a hookup. And he's like, oh shit, I'm out of town. But here's what you can do. And by the way, I should say I've never told this story to a single person. The only person that knows is myself and the person that provided me with the happy herbs. And so I'm in Vancouver. And uh, he goes, all right, I'm out of town, but here's what you can do. There's, you can go to these two hostels downtown. You can go to the first one and just hang out by the ATM machine. Just hang out, and there's a guy there. He'll eventually approach you, and he'll sell you the weed. So I'm like, okay, that sounds shady, but he's like, don't worry. I wouldn't lead you uh, astray or in any, in any danger or anything like that. Just trust me. If that doesn't work, there's another hostel. In Vancouver's East End, which, if you may, my, may know, is a little shady, to say the least. So he goes, uh, so if that doesn't work, go to the second hostel. And you want to walk in through the back doors. And you want to walk in with hand in, money in hand. So they see, you know, that you're trying to, <laughs> trying to buy drugs. And so someone will eventually approach you, same sort of thing. I'm like, all right. All right, I got this. So I go to the first hostel, go to the ATM machine, take money out. Ignorant. I could have been just, you know, uh, robbed at any point. What's the word I'm looking for? Mugged. I go there, I hang out, nothing. People are asking me if I need drinks or stuff because it's in a bar and it's the afternoon, sunny afternoon in Vancouver, and I'm just there. And this, uh, no one approaches me. I circle the building, go back in, nothing. So I'm like, all right, I'll try the option number two. So I go to the east end, and I go to this hostel. I walk in through the back. I have $40 in my hands. And I'm walking like straight arm, straight arm in front of me basically with two 20s poking out of my hands between my thumb and index, clearly incognito. And so, and I don't understand how they don't bust these people. Anyway, I digress. So I walk in, nothing. And it's a packed bar in the afternoon, just a lot of alcoholics. And there's people outside. By the, I thought the back entrance would be like this hidden thing. There's like four or five guys just hanging out having cigarettes by the back door. So I walk in. I'm f- super scared, by the way, at this point. I'm freaking out. So I walk in and nothing. I don't get any, there's nobody. So I circle the bar, go in the men's room. I'm like, shit, 
This isn't happening. So I walk outside. I'm like, I'll try one more time. I go in, scared, circle the bar, nothing. So I leave again. I'm like, fuck, this, is, this isn't working. Why did my buddy say this to me? Third time, walk in, circle the bar, go in the bathroom, circle the bar again, leave. Super, I imagine I look super sketchy, by the way, to anyone working in there. Although, I was probably the least sketchy person in that bar. So, I leave. As I'm leaving, I hear, hey, hey, hey. I turn around, scared. And this guy is like, you looking for me? I'm the weed guy. He's yelling this. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for you. But I thought we had like to do this secrecy thing. So, he's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for you. He's like, cool, what do you need? I go, 40 bucks. He's like, oh, wow, okay. I'm sure he's used to a 5 or $10 sales at a time. So I go, 40 bucks. So he hands me the thing. I give him the thing. And then I get so excited that this has gone down. I just, all of a sudden, all fear goes away, and I feel like I've made a connection with this guy, and we're friends. I'm like, cool, man, thanks a lot. So how's business? And before I said the word business, he turned around, and he was gone. So I proceed to then full sprint to my car not out of fear just happy and all right i gotta get out of here but that i just wish i could have watched that from like a perspective like if someone was sitting in an adjacent park adjacent park across the street adjacent is that the word adjacent adjacent that's the word sorry i'm french adjacent adjacent anyway park across the street I just wish someone could have like videotaped the whole thing of me sheepishly going in three times on my way out the third time, get hollered at by this guy, turn around, do the thing, try to break into friendly small talk, chat this guy up, and then convert into a full happy sprint to my car. I left, and that was that. I guess in retrospect, thinking back, it's the grass is always greener thing because, no pun intended, because I guess I was in situations back then where I was just as nervous as I was for my audition today. I guess I just have to accept that no matter what path I take, I've chosen a life of fear and nervousness. I just need to learn to enjoy my life. That's it. All right, that's what I've got for you today. Time now to introduce a brand new segment to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. This is a segment where I basically just take a minute or two and blast through some of today's headlines. It's called Flash News Flash. And now, Flash News Flash with Julian Dion. Fox is airing a new stand-up series, but they're not paying the comics. Slate.com reads, Laughs is a new comedy showcase series airing on 11 Fox TV markets nationwide. It premiered on August 2nd, and it's running on Saturdays at 11 p.m. or midnights in most markets. Each half-hour episode features stand-up performed in clubs all across the country. The show is part of Fox's new minor league-style in-house development plan in which affiliate stations crank out first-run syndication shows so cheaply that the production costs are practically guaranteed to be offset by ad revenue. If a show takes off, they'll make a bundle. But the shows will pr be profitable regardless of ratings, even if they only pay in a few cities. How does Laughs keep it, its costs down? It's simple, by not paying the comics. See, this is nothing new in stand-up comedy, which is frustrating, it's aggravating as a comedian, and I can't 
wrap my head around it because people tell you all the time, they approach you, wow, you're a comedian, that is so hard. I can't imagine doing stand-up comedy myself. That is such a hard, scary thing to do. And then when you tell them that you, you ask them to pay you for it, they're shocked. What do you mean? I'm not going to pay you for it. You should do it for free. You're a clown. Just stand in the corner and do your thing. Make me laugh. It's really hard, but how dare you ask for any money? And Fox, which is a giant TV conglomerate, is doing this show and not paying their comedians. What's the point of comedians trying to get bigger and better opportunities if they're not getting paid for it? Well, the, the age-old answer is always exposure. Well, you're going to get that exposure. Well, fuck exposure. Pay us. And you know what the, else is the problem with this? Is that no matter what, no matter how many comedians boycott things like this and decide to say no, they're better than that and they will not work for free, there's going to be a lineup of comedians back there waiting to take the work and jump on that quote-unquote exposure. In any case, it's wrong. You should get paid for our art. This is complete bullshit. Alright. Alright, that was Flash News Flash. I'm not, I'm not sold on that one. I'm not sure. I said headlines, I did one headline. Just testing the waters. Seeing, I think the best part of that segment was the jingle. I'm not sold on Flash News Flash. We'll see, we'll see. Maybe I'll bring it back, who knows. Just testing the waters here, folks. This is episode number three. It's experimental phase. We're evolving, we're, we're finding our own. All right, let's get to my guest today. Um, I talked, uh, had a great chat with Dylan Mandelson, who is a really talented comedian. He's uh, been all over the place. We chatted about his uh, recent breakup. That's always awful to go through. He's recently single, and we talk about that a little bit and the pangs that come with relationships. And we dive into, uh, he's done some cruise ships. He's got some pretty interesting stories uh, about that, so uh, we'll get into it. Enjoy my chat with Dylan. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion, comedy Winnipeg, it is so great to be here. It really is. It's great to be here. It wasn't fun getting here, though. It's not. Like, I don't know, like, airports, I know we're going through some tough times with security, but can we all finally agree that there are no semi-albino-looking terrorists? <laughs> with red hair and emotional problems? You know, I have trouble dealing with my emotions. I do, and the guard's like, what are you taking with you? And I say, mainly shame and guilt. It's like, well, who packed your bags? I said, my parents. <laughs> and I've had to live my life for my parents. I have, because they've financed it. <laughs> you know, so my dad forced me to get an education. So I graduated with a BA in drama. It's like majoring in welfare. <laughs> you know, and your guidance counselors, they don't tell you that either. Mine lied. Oh, drama's great. You'd be perfect. Because <laughs> you're tall and gangly. L.A. would just eat you up. <laughs> and now I think it's like a conspiracy. I'm like, do you work for student loan? 
because now I owe them 45 grand. Oh my God, you try to reason with them on the phone. The guy sounds like the man from Saw. <laughs> Where's my money? Uh, Dad, it's for you. Okay, and that, of course, is my guest uh, today. He's sitting in front of me. What can I say about this guy? He's a comedian. He's an actor. He's seen uh, some success in this business. He's, he's been around the block. He's done it all. All the prestigious things you can do in this country, he has done. Now he has gone uh, to L.A. He's been to the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. He has a, a special uh, comedy now on the Comedy Network. He's been to the Winnipeg Comedy Fest, the Halifax Comedy Fest. Like I said, he's done it. What you can do in this country, he has nailed uh you, you've seen him in clubs you've seen him in corporate events on cruise ships all over the place and uh he's had some acting success as well what can i say he's sitting in front of me here now from los hailing from los angeles mr Din dylan mandelson how are you dill i'm good thank good. you thanks, thanks for doing this <laughs> it's a heck of an intro yeah there you go profesh yeah. here this I, is how i do it profesh yeah that should be my opening line when i'm talking to women it should the, be just that all those credits so what do you think ladies <laughs> so hi, speaking of women, how you doing? Uh, well, I've been better. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was, used your stage last night to completely empty my diary. That's right. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, I've just recently broke up with my girlfriend, and that's uh, you know, it's it's funny because every time I I hear that, uh, like I hear someone else say, "I just broke up with my girlfriend." It's a very uh, it's almost like a cliche thing to say. We all hear that, and be like, "Oh yeah, it's." But I'm I'm feeling that right now, yeah. and it it really sucks. It's the worst thing I think you could go through. It's almost I'm, I don't want to be insensitive, but and say it's almost worse than a death. But in a sense, it is because you get to still see that person live their life without you, and then just just uh, sort of move on eventually. And it, it it's really hard at first. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not saying anything that's helping you by any means right now. <laughs> <laughs> it helps, but it just keeps sucking because then you go through these stages where then you you know you, you'll run into her again and all this. We talked a little bit about it last night, but uh, yeah, I feel you, man. It's it sucks. There's no other way, and the only thing you can do really is just muscle it through, like just muscle your way out of it. it I guess it it's just an emotional flu, you know. It's uh, the you know I just wish there was a thing to make all these terrible feelings go away. Uh, you know, I mean, d yeah, like I, I just, I guess distractions are good. Yeah, hopefully yeah. The, the healthier, the better, but it, it's, it's just one of those things. It's so hard to escape. There's triggers everywhere, posters, songs on the radio, food, <laughs> restaurants, uh, just, you know, triggering feelings of guilt and feelings of regret and feelings of, uh, relief and then feelings of, you know, and then sadness and frustration and confusion and doubt. And did I do the right thing? And is this a, t you know, or, or, you know, it's just one of those, uh, just a, a cocktail of terrible emotions. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm starting to think that there's more negative emotions to feel than there are positive. Oh, hundred percent. And especially, I really liked your analogy you said last night about being on the other side of the fence. You knew you want to get to the other side. And then as soon as you get there, you, you do the hard work that, because it, it is fucking hard to get out of a relationship. It's yeah. no easy, it's, it's the hardest part. And then, uh, once you're on the other side, you start questioning, oh shit, am I, you can't even remember, uh, 
what was on the other side. You know, you're just sort it, it's of that's true. You know, being on on the side of the fence where you're in the relationship and it's like okay, like I'm 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 bothered by a lot of things. There's a lot of things that aren't happening and they're not coming to any kind of fruition in a reasonable amount of time. And I I feel like I need to get out of this so that I can find you know a, a higher level of of awesomeness and 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 happiness and things like that. And then. I after the breakup, I'm on the other side of the fence, and I really I cannot remember what the heck I was feeling on that side. I was just uh, I can't see over those hedges. Wait, well, why did I want to break up again? No, no, no. This is crazy. No, I miss you. I, I want to be with you. And then I, but like my mind knows the answers, but my heart doesn't really want to listen to my mind. My heart's like, no, you need to go back. My brain's going. If you go back, you know you're going to be reminded of all the things that pulled you away from this and i'm like okay but i i don't really trust you, <laughs> you know? yeah you, yeah, you, you yeah. said you sound wise but i i, I don't know that i want to believe you and uh but i but i you know i, I stay the course and it's just it's it, you know people say day by day man it's it's minute by minute really mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like okay that minute was okay and then uh no uh, that that's not a good minute i didn't have a good minute right there no two of them wow two in a row is really terrible <laughs> Yeah, it so. sucks. Well, and super cliche, but really the only thing you can do, uh, the only thing on your side is time. It sucks. There's no other way around it. It's just uh, it'll eventually uh, it'll eventually pass. Hopefully, someone out there listening to this going through the same thing can help them. But so, what was your not to get too too detailed into it? But so you're in LA now most of the time. Was she was she here? Were you doing the long distance thing, or was she in LA with you? How how did that work? It yeah, you know, it wasn't. I mean, I would travel a, a lot. You know, uh, whether it would be in LA or just anywhere on the road. Um, you know, the, it wasn't the distance uh, that was the issue. It was just, you know, um, I, I'm I'm kind of making some bigger personal moves in my life right now. Like I, uh, I just, you know, I, I just purchased a, a condo, took all that cruise ship corporate money that I was, you know, l- you know, selling my soul for. Yeah. And uh, you know, after you know, two two years of just straight hard, you know, soul sucking gigs. Uh, decided to, you know, buy a condo and, and uh, I got a new car and that's, you know, what, what that kind of market can afford. I'm broke now. Yeah, I've yeah. got no more money. Like, right. I'm like, do I, can I get a fruit smoothie right now? I don't <laughs> know if I can afford that. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and, and so now, now that I've really cut the cords from my parents and I'm 33 right now, and that's a little embarrassing to admit that, you know, I'm, sort of at this moment in my life really kind of financially completely independent i'm paying for my own car insurance i'm doing the whole the whole nine is is all me now i'm vulnerable with it i don't you know i'm spending more money now than i've ever spent in my life without you know with with just about having enough if i'm really smart about it and it's scary and uh i don't know if i'm doing it right I just know that I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, could I be doing it better? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning to walk for the very first time right now in this particular, you know, aspect of, of my life. Now, um, the girl that, you know, I, I, I was with, uh, who is an amazing person, mm-hmm. really, like a very genuine person, but, but just a very controlling person and very uh, kind of type A um, very heavy-handed with the criticisms and judgments and you know I always know better and you don't know you don't know enough 
and you're not doing it fast enough mm. or efficient enough. And I just felt like a loser. Right. Like I'm already telling myself, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm scared out of my mind here. And now I got you who I, who I'm talking to every single day, uh, telling me what to do, mm. uh, criticizing the way I'm doing or not doing what I quote unquote should be doing, like getting dishes have you gotten your dishes yet for your place? Like, I know I don't have a dish yet, but it's okay because I'm surrounded by restaurants. I'm going to eat out for a second here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll get dishes when I'm ready. Well, did you get a vacuum cleaner? The place needs to be vacuumed. <laughs> uh, well, okay. You know what? I just, I just, I, you know, I just got into this hot tub. Yeah. I'm trying to just settle into the, to wrap the water your, right now, right, you know? Wrap your brain around and, and, and just find the condo. And I know that there that there's other people thinking, well, yeah, you know, you might want to go out and get a dish or, you know, clean the place up a bit. It, it's a pretty clean place. I didn't, you know, I didn't move into a, a pigsty. And, and I am aware that all those things need to happen and I need to get proper shelving and, you know, I uh, all the all the things that a household generally needs just to run smoothly. I don't have all of that just yet. Mm. And um, she was just really raining down hard. For some reason, the dishes were just a big deal. We even tried going out and buying the dishes. And the ones that I wanted were these really cookie monster blue dishes. Mm. I just liked them. (laughs) I think this would be fun to eat off of. And I got, you know, she was saying, well, they're just, you know, they're fashionable today, but they won't be fashionable tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm thinking these, like, what, like, we're not... Like we're we're not showcasing these at a at a fashion right. you know spot. Like I mean, you got to be kidding me. And then there was like, okay, well those ones are a little too expensive. Also, like the other dishes you you like, they they were too expensive. These ones are a little too cheap. Like we went to we went to Walmart, uh, and and I was shopping at Walmart with her for dishes during a back to school sale special. It was rampant with children. Oh, that'll, and, that'll end any relationship and right there. And crazy moms just running around this place. Uh, literally, we were getting bumped into. It was, an, it was just, it was gross. And you know, I didn't like the dishes at Walmart. Like, they, they looked dirty. Yeah. Now, I know you can clean those dishes, but I mean, for God's sakes, you know, dress them up. <laughs> Put some soap on them. Yeah. They're on display to sale. Yeah. And she's like, well, these are, these are, you know, this will work. These are Walmart. There's dishes. They're only three ninety seven each. You know, you buy a set. I'm just like, I, I don't want these dishes. Mm. They're gross. Yeah. They really are. Like, I mean, this one here is cracked. How come this one's not three oh eight? I, you know, I'm just. It was just. It was. It was bad. It was just. I, I was feeling a lot. I had a lot of anxiety over it, uh, and it was just like, I need to do this my way. I need to yeah. grow up. And you're not letting me grow up. Right, right. I, everything that I do is uh, is not a win for number for one reason because she's already been there and done that. She owns her own house. She has a very nice corporate job, um, you know. So she's kind of like, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad that you're doing that, uh, but it's not super significant because I also want children and a husband. And until you even step up to that, you're still not a man. And I just felt like, you know, I was living, it seemed in that shadow, like no matter how good I'm doing right now in this stage of my life, wasn't good enough because I didn't meet what she needed at her stage of her life. Right. And I just felt like we weren't on equal footing. I felt like a child in this relationship Mm. and I don't, I'm, I just, I don't want to be a child. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be a parent. 
Right. I want to be a partner. You want to be a man, yeah. I want to be, you know, someone where, you know, we work together on stuff. I'm mm. going to drop the ball. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm also going to clean them up. Right. And I wasn't allowed to make mistakes with her. I wasn't mm. allowed to fail. I wasn't allowed to do anything. And so it was a very, uh, a very, uh, it was filled with anxiety. I felt very trapped. And all the validation uh, that I needed, uh, I wasn't getting from her. Well, I mean, I would get validation from her, but it was like I couldn't validate myself. Because if I thought I did a pretty good job, and then she came around and went, you know, you missed a spot. Right. If it was about cleaning, and it was like, oh, well, now I'm a loser. I didn't do it good enough, you know? So it just, it, it was just walls were, were caving in caving and getting in. closer. I felt very claustrophobic in this relationship, and I felt scared to talk to her about anything. Mm-hmm. Anything that would come up from business, I, I told her that I, I booked a, a comedy festival in British Columbia, which I'm going to do next week, uh, at in Fort St. John. And, um, you know, they, they call me out out of the blue. They're going to fly me over. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pay a couple of grand. That's a huge, that's a big win. That's like, hey, cool, great. I called her to tell her the news, and she was just like, it sounds like, it sounds like a scam. Like, this isn't really going to happen. Did you get the flight contract? Are there are there any contracts where did you get the flight details? Where there, I'm just like, uh, you can't win. Can we? Like, I'm not saying we're like, okay, I just got the phone call for this, and yes, I don't have any of that, but you know, and I'm not saying I'm gonna like, hey, let's let's sell the farm on this one, or you know, let's let's crack open the expensive bottle of champagne. But can you just like put a smile on your face yeah. and just say, hey, congratulations? If it if it was a scam, if it didn't go well. Let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, really? That sucks. Oh my God. Oh, like I can't believe someone would do that. But that's not the case. <laughs> I've got. I I do now have my flight details. Right. I am going. It's gonna be an awesome time. And I couldn't celebrate that moment with her. I want to be with someone that that enjoys celebrating that moment. Yeah, for sure. Know? Well, that so. sucks, man. I feel for you. I guess they say like they say uh, a, a test of a relationship. The ultimate test is traveling. But I, I think now we know that it's uh, shopping for dishes at Walmart. It during, is. Uh, it's back it's to more school. about dishes. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the dish. So you bought a condo here. So you split your time between here and, and L.A. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I bought a condo because uh, because of the lifestyle. You know, I don't have to. You know, if I am gone for a, a while, I don't have to worry about the grass growing too long or yeah. snow piling up or the mail. You know getting too much on the you know neighbors knowing that i'm gone kind of thing i can just lock the door and leave right um and if i want to sublet it i'm in an area where it's a pretty easy rental so it just seemed to make sense to right you know get the condo in that area yeah it's it sounds good man um i just want to touch a little bit about uh, something you said you mentioned the, your cruise ship and uh corporate money was enabled you to buy um uh your condo talk a little bit about because it's intriguing. Some comedians will be listening to this. Uh, talk about cruise ships. And I want to get to, you had a really good story about uh, uh, doing a Disney cruise ship at one point and you yeah. got in trouble. Um, <laughs> tell tell the audience. I, I love that story. Uh, oh God, where do you begin? Um, well, why don't I begin? I, so I was living in Los Angeles for three years. When I was done, when I had left that particular session of Los Angeles, like when I gave up the house, the, the place I was staying at, I was in debt twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, which sounds a lot. Uh, like it's all perspective, but if you think about it, twenty grand is really not a lot. Like kids now come out of high, uh, like a university with, 
you know, 80 grand in debt with no job, you know, so that's, 20 is that's a drop true. in the bucket, really. Well, you know what it was? It was, it was three years. I had lost my representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my O-1 visa had run out mm-hmm. and, uh, and my apartment was sort of, the lease was ending. I was, I was in debt, $20,000 and without any, and, and only going to get deeper. And, uh, I just, I, I thought to myself, I, I really want to start making money. I hate this feeling of, being in debt and going nowhere and feeling like nothing is happening, which I'm sure a lot of people in LA and New York sure. and Toronto, Vancouver, you know, we all sort of feel this way. Um, and it's a, it, you know, it's a very scary feeling. So I thought, you know, I know I, I somewhere inside my, my talents, I, I, I could, pre- I could write something of uh, corporate. I could do corporate. And I thought, you know, if I can get into this cruise ship market, I can start recouping my debts and start paying off credit cards. And, and also, too, like, you know, I, I wasn't completely financially independent at that time. I was taking money from my parents. And I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm spending my, my parents' retirement money. On mm-hmm. I'm spending their... And I just felt like a terrible person. And I felt like... I just felt irresponsible. Again, it's that, it's that feeling of being a child when I, I don't want to be. And... Uh, I just didn't, I didn't feel like I even owned my life and I had nothing to show for it. Anyone says, Hey, what's going on in LA? Things are good. I'm like, not really. And I'm not making money and I don't have any real opportunities happening right now. It's pr- it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, I happened to be at a comedy club in LA one night and I came across, uh, a person that, uh, books Disney talent. They, they weren't talking to me. I overheard this in a conversation. And I popped my head in into this conversation. I actually, kind of shortly after they were done talking, and I lied. I said, uh, I can, I'm really good at performing. Like, I could do Disney. I could do Disney Cruise. Just a, a, just a stone lie. Which you got to do sometimes in this yeah. business and figure it out. And, um, and uh, you know, this, this sort of, this, this rep... Uh, said, okay, well, here's my card, here's my number, and, you know, shoot me an email and, you know, send me a clip. So I sent her, I sent this, this, this woman, it was, a, it was a girl, I sent her a clip, and she said, not exactly what we're looking for. And I was like, well, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> no, no, no surprise there. Mm. Some, I, I ended up getting a break. I don't know how this happened, but literally, like a brick, like, falling out of the sky, I got a phone call from... Uh, a guy in New Jersey saying, I, uh, I like your stuff online. I pitched you to Holland America Cruise Line. We got you uh, a carnival cruise, uh, uh, sorry, a Holland American cruise line over Christmas and New Year's. Would, Crazy. Would you like to do it? I was like, oh, oh my God, yes. Just out of the blue. It, no, yeah, literally like... Oh, you, oh my God! And the, you know you're in a good position because he already likes you. You don't have to change much in your act. You just show up and do your thing. I'm not auditioning anymore. Right. This is like this is in the bag. All you need to do is say yes. So I said yes. And and by the way, the two weeks that I worked on that cruise on Holland America, I made sixty five hundred dollars. Amazing. So I was like, what? Now the reason for that that's not what generally cruises pay necessarily. It was just because it was a Christmas New Year's. Um, they paid a little bit more. Now, how many shows would you be doing like that on a, on a two-week run like that? On that particular cruise line, I did one show a week. 
So two shows, sixty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Now, but here's the thing, though. When I when I did Holland America, um, I got off stage after my first show, uh, and I, I it, it it just went okay. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't. It wasn't super. Because the audience is mixed. Like, do you get like young people? Like, how young? They told me on Holland America, you are our adult entertainer. Okay. We we will have stuff for children. We will right. have stuff, you know, for for the whole family. But you are you will represent entertainment for the adults on this ship. Mm-hmm. When I got on stage, and keep in mind, I have to do 45 minutes, and uh, they, you know, it's in the theater at this particular point, uh, and Holland America is generally for seniors and, and families, but more seniors. Right. So I go on stage, and I prepare an adult set for 45 minutes. It kind of seems easy. It's, it's, it's like half a corporate type mm-hmm. of a set. You gotta, you don't, don't be too vulgar. But... Don't worry about being so clean either. I get on stage and sitting in the front row is a 10-year-old girl next to her 8-year-old brother in the front row. Perfect. Your demographic. Now, I can't. Now, this is the theater setting. I can't see who's, you know, who's in the theater. I said, are there any other children in here? And it was like Chuck E. Cheese just went nuts. It was, I mean, erupted with children. And I'm on stage. I have 45 minutes of dick jokes right now. Are you kidding me? So... And, and, and also, too, at this particular point, I hadn't really perfected or crafted uh, the corporate set that I have now. Right. Uh, so I'm like, I'm not really good at corporate. What's the timeline? When was this? This was uh, 2000 and uh, I want to say 10 to, into 11. Mm-hmm. So it just went okay because I was doing a lot of crowd work. I was really just, you know, gear shifting, you know, uh, editing while I was on stage, uh, different jokes. When I got off stage, some dude... From Kentucky, a police officer literally accused me of sleeping with his wife. That, well, I mean, mean? As, as, as ridiculous and as arbitrary as that sounds to this story, because there's, no, there's nothing chronologically leading up to it, <laughs> he literally just looked at me and said, you slept with my wife, as if he was just a crack addict, decided in his crazy mind... You slept with my wife. And you're on stage. No, I just got oh, off just stage. Oh, just got off stage. Okay. Now, I, I had been standing next to who his wife was at the time. I, she, she saw my show. She went in by herself. This guy didn't see my show. He doesn't know that I'm the comedian on the cruise ship. Oh, I'm standing fuck. next to... She's, she's only shaking my hand saying I really liked your show. Right. They obviously had been arguing uh, prior to the show and throughout the cruise. And I guess he had some level of jealousy or whatever. Yeah, I'd say. Um, so he just happens to see me dressed in show clothes, standing next to this girl, shaking her hand. We're just kind of smiling. Uh, she has a, a little bit of a flirtatious kind of like, really liked your show. Nothing too crazy, but you mm-hmm. know, she's just making it aware that she may find me a bit of attractive or there's some nostalgia for the fact that she just saw me perform on stage. He comes by and he's just livid. So security gets involved. I get accused of, of sleeping with this guy's wife. And I'm supposed to do another Holland American cruise right after this. But they kick me off. No shit. Yeah. Like that night. That, uh, that I, the show that I did for Holland America was the last night of the cruise. Okay. And they said, there, we, we need to do an investigation here. And you're, you are now guilty until proven innocent. The opposite. And, and we can't take this chance. And they take that shit seriously because, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're off, when you're not performing, you have to stay in the quarter, like the... Like, is it... 
There's a there's you a you can't mingle with people they say right is that you know, true you, you can't mingle with people you know they obviously there's rules like you can't sleep with anybody right. you can't oh, sleep that, yeah. with the the passengers and stuff like that and when you are a celebrity and there's that sort of you know you're far away from home I mean it obviously happens a lot with the entertainment there uh, I I just wanted to play you know just good boy Roy here I did stay in my room in my in my cabin and it was horrible what do you mean it happens with the entertainment I mean in between like there's a lot you know entertainers you know they sleep with uh with the with the passengers other. oh okay right and uh and there's you know strict rules don't do that right now so the thing is is when they're seen fraternizing with them there there's just a very watchful eye it's like they don't mind if they talk to the passengers but they're like you know, keep it, keep it real political. Be just very diplomatic. Uh, it's like if they see uh, the, one of the comedians or any entertainers having a drink with, you know, a group of people, they're, they're just very monitored. Mm. And I didn't even want to be monitored. I just wanted to play the best behavior. Right. I just wanted to be invited back. This money was like insane to make to me that I'm like, there's nothing I'm going to do. There's, there, there, there's no temptation on here that's going to take me away from the money aspect of this. And wouldn't you know it, <laughs> I apparently slept with this guy's wife the second I get off stage. That's crazy. So I get fired from Holland, America. And so you, you had done the two weeks at this point? No, I only did the one week. Oh, so you were about to go to I was the about to do the second week, yeah. and I got fired. But I did tape my set. Oh, there you go. I sent that set back to the Disney rep. And the Disney rep said, this isn't exactly what we're looking for still. However, do you have anything else? So she she didn't say, she extended an olive branch. She didn't close right. the door. She And I just said, yes, yes, I do have other things. And so we started working with each other, building the sets. It took six months mm. to craft this set. I would tape it on stage, send it back to her. Tape it on stage, send it back to her. She would say things like, uh, this is a little too edgy. You have to keep in mind Disney isn't just for children, but it has a very you know, like, would Jesus laugh at that kind of feel? Right. It has to be real church-like comedy. Right, right. As corporate as it gets. Even more so, would you say? Yeah. yeah. Like, for example, uh, I was doing a bit where I was a substitute teaching, and this one kid at the back loses it on me. He's like, yo, who's this tall freak, yo? And she was like, you can't do that on Disney. Can't say tall freak. You can't even, like, even that accent would suggest it's it's just a little too confrontational right even if you're doing it well and it and it does come across funny you don't want to showcase with it this is where the soul-sucking element comes yeah. out because so then you're not being yourself on stage you have to well you know it was one of those where um i finally did the showcase and I, I did well and i got the cruise ship when i got on the cruise ship uh every single time i got off stage i would get slapped on the wrist for something like the, like i no matter how and and they were laughing by the way like the crowds were digging me but no right. matter how well it seemed i was doing there were people watching not happy who who belonged to the crews right. uh, the, the the staff for example i would get off stage and one of the cruise ship directors said yeah you know um you said jesus four times they were counting how many times I said Jesus. And it wasn't like, oh, Jesus Christ. It was like, oh, you're an accountant. Jesus, that's cool. It was like you wouldn't have even heard me say it. Right, right. Um, it was, uh, what did I say one time that I'm, I'm too tall to play Donald Duck? I said this on stage. I don't know why I said it. it yeah, was this, just... this is the story I'm referring to. I remember okay. you telling me in the green room in Ajax. Yeah. 
And uh, the cruise ship director after the show came up to me after I said this on stage. And again, I can't remember why. Did you say I, I, I play a better goofy or something like Something that? like yeah. that. I would play a better goofy and stuff. And he said, listen, you're, uh, you need to know that you're not, uh, you know, you're not too tall to play Donald Duck because you're not Donald Duck. Right. That over there walking is Donald Duck. Right. And I said, you mean the dude in the costume? You know, you, you know there's a guy inside that costume, right? And he was like, yeah, but we don't want to break the illusion. I'm like, you think people believe that's the real <laughs> Donald Duck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are, are you serious? Now, and, and having said that, he was just like, had a stern face, like, you, you don't want to argue with me on this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I didn't realize how serious it was until at the time I started hitting on Ariel and she wouldn't break character. Right. That was really bizarre. Uh, <laughs> like when I walked up to Ariel and I said... Uh, like, if I just opened up kind of like Joey Tribbiani, I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know? And she's like, swimmingly. I'm like, oh what? Swimmingly? What? It was just a very... I, and I was trying to like, you know, you don't like, you don't need to do the aerial thing with me. I'm, I'm a comedian on the ship. I perform there. And she was just like looking at me like, no right. one told you the rules, man. Like, I can't do... Like, she was. She didn't say a word, right. but she wouldn't... She just stared at me like, like her eyes were darting back and forth like you can't talk to me this way like they're gonna throw me off the ship i'm not a real fish and you know you like they, they frown upon mingling uh with with passengers but what about other workers uh entertainers and stuff is there like a lot of inter fucking with the staff there's a lot of that yeah I would bet. there is and but that even gets political too because the cruise director who and and other people of power on the cruise i mean they all want the hottest person that they can find. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gay people on that on that uh, boat too, um, and uh, so there's a lot of sensitivity to it. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of jealousy. It's a. It becomes a, a cr- the staff on a cruise becomes a small town. Right. And everyone knows who the dancers are. We know who the chefs are. They know who the the entertainment crew are. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows each other's business. A lot, of pe- a lot of people are bunking up with each other, too. It's a, it's a right. big roommate situation. Right, right, right. So gossip spreads throughout the ship like crazy. And do you all stay, like, in the hull? I just picture everyone staying, like, in the hull of the ship. Or this, like, like, how is it? The bottom. Yeah. The bottom the of the ship. The bottom. And it's just yeah. the entertainers and yeah. staff. Mm-hmm. And what's the typical stint for, like, okay, so you would go for a couple of weeks, but, like, uh, a, a chef on there or a waiter or a piano player like is eight, it it's all different? eight months about eight, eight months, months. Holy yeah. shit! yeah i guess it would be a lot of inter fucking with the staff i mean yeah. what else are you gonna do you're out right. at sea you're alone with these people why not i bet there's a lot of drinking and stuff after hours or is that <laughs> not only is there a lot of drinking but in the crew bar they have a, a bar specifically for crew the booze in that crew bar is a dollar 25 for beer no shit yeah like you could literally Stop write on your things to do list mm. is at the end like become an alcoholic right. and have it done by the end of the day. I mean, they like to buy a bucket of of booze, which they do a lot, is under ten bucks. That's crazy. So you know, it's uh, it, yeah, it is nuts. And you don't drink, so I don't you. drink, but right. uh, but you know, like I'm around people that that look green. Right. You know, and uh, did you hook up with people on the ship? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I did a, a couple of times, but more not on Disney and not on Holland America. What was it? What on was Holland it? America? I might as well have. Yeah, whatever. So what? <laughs> okay, so back to that. Just to just to you were pr- guilty and proven innocent. Were you ever proven innocent? Like I what? was. I was. They. You know. I said you guys have tapes all over the ship. Uh, show me where I'm spending any time with this woman, 
uh, aside from the five minutes after my show. And it, they went to the tapes, and it took them about two weeks to a month to, to do this, and they realized he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And unfortunately, at that time, uh, you know, the fact that I was, uh, I had no reputation, I had built nothing with this cruise line right. or the bookers, they just said, oh, the guy goes on a cruise ship and he starts sleeping with people's wives. Right, right. Uh, just, just that, uh, just hearing that is enough for bookers to go, where there's smoke, there's fire, I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. Right. It just simply, uh, you know, just, you know, piano fell on my head. This That's guy walked right. by and you slept with my wife and that was the end of it. And... So. So that was that. Then you go to Disney. How long do you stay at Disney? And have you, did you go elsewhere after that, or was that pretty much it? No, I did. I did three Disney cruise ships, uh, and they took me all over the world. I mean, my first Disney cruise, they flew me into Nice, France, and then I ended up in Barcelona, Spain, and then the the second Disney cruise I did uh, was the Alaskan cruise, and then the third one was the islands like uh, Bahamas and stuff right. like that. Wow, that sounds awesome. You know what? It it was it it would have been awesome if a I shared it with another person, uh, whether it be a buddy or or a girl at the time. I was single at the time, and uh, you know. And the other thing that would have made it better is if I wasn't completely terrible and getting slapped on the wrist after every show. I mean, right. I, I'm showing up to work. Yeah, the weather's amazing, and yeah, the scenery is is awesome. But you know, I'm I'm being judged and criticized uh, for what I'm yeah. doing. I'm and I'm there to work. Yeah, the, really the only part of that that sounds awesome is the scenery and the yeah. geography of it all. But all the other shit just yeah. sounds, like you said, soul-sucking and just sort of just hard. Like you got to adjust. It's all new. And it, also, too, I'm aware that there's a stigma in the comedy community about cruise right. ship comics. Like that's, that's right. not lost on me either. Uh, and here I am, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, cruise ship comics are also painted to be, you know, a little, you know, older and I'm uh, I'm starting cruise ships at uh, at 30 31 years old. Right. You know, so it's like Jesus, what's Dylan doing, man? He's like, you know, he's selling retiring up. already. He's he's done. Yeah. So you, 31 doing cruise ships. So you must have started comedy at a pretty young age because I remember seeing you for the first time in Moncton, I think back in 2006 or 7 at the Hubcap. I was just starting back then and you had it seemed I mean to do that festival, you must have been in the game already a few years. You're 33, I'll, I'll be 31 in a month. So what what what's the timeline there? Like what? How old were you when you started? How long have you been doing stand up? I started when I was seventeen years old. Oh shit! Okay. So uh, I'm thirty three now. Um, I think so. March. I think I will. I'll hit seventeen years of doing stand up. Wow. Yeah. So you've been around the block. Yeah. And what's going on uh, these days? What do you got? Anything to plug? Uh, I I mean I could talk to you uh, forever. Yeah. Well, uh, coming up, uh, I've got uh, so I'm doing the uh, the Fort St John B C Comedy Festival. After that, uh, in October, October 1st to the 5th, I'll be at the Cabo Comedy Festival. And uh, I and then uh, Montreal Yuck Yucks. And then after that, I'll be at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM Grand from October 20th to the 26th. And uh, yeah, that, that's sort of the up and coming. So just doing, doing the thing. Just doing and, it. And uh, website. Uh, my website is uh, is funnydylan.com. Funny Dylan, that's a good one. Is that a good yeah, one? You know, you I thought maybe maybe sometimes funnydylan.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a lot of pressure right there. Yeah, I know. Hopefully funny Dylan. Meet you before, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully I just, they meet you before they see that. I, I was just trying to come up with something that uh, that people just could remember the first time I say it. Right. You know, because I originally had Dylan comic. 
dot right. com, and I don't and people are Dylan comedian. Was it was the comedian Dylan? Is right. it, how do you spell Dylan? Right, right. You know, so I just said funnydylan.com, D Y L A N, obviously. But uh, yeah, and uh, I just thought it was a funny. It's sorry, an easier name to remember. Yeah, it is for sure. I've, with my name, Julian Dion. I mean, I get that butchered all the time. I literally bought every spelling possible possibility that you could think of with my name, like first and last. So I own like 14 or 15 domains, just so <laughs> yeah. com, and you just you just go there. Uh, listen, I could talk to you all day. I'll have you in again here for sure because uh, there's so much more we can dig into. Seven, 17 years in the biz. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, just watch your head. Sure. Will do. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, buddy. Take care. Well, there you have it. Episode number three is in the books. Thank you for listening and hanging in there. Thanks to my guest, Dylan Mandelson, for dropping by the studio and sharing a little bit of his story with us. Thanks to my producer, Adam Fox. Thanks to my sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. Lacroix. Episode number four comes at you next Tuesday, September 30th, with my guest, Graham K. Very talented and funny comedian. Check that out. And once again, thank you. I appreciate you a lot. I want to hear from you, actually. Email pod, P-O-D, pod, at jdcomedyhour.com. Tell me about yourself. I'll share it. If you want me to. Are you really listening to this overseas? That's crazy. That blows my mind. If you are, shoot me a, a drop me a line, and uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, and rate and comment that shit. That cranks up the ratings and puts us in the top of comedy listings. I would appreciate it if you did that. Go to jdcomedyhour.com. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour. Follow on Instagram, at jdcomedyhour, as well as Twitter, at jdcomedyhour. Hope I'm not forgetting anybody again. Oh, Mom, I love you. Watch your head. Walling eyes and itchy feet. I just offend